Podcast World 2, previously on Lost. This is episode number 43, and we were talking about the episode SOS, and uh, can't wait to dig into this, but I am uh, cannot do this by myself, so I have two other people with me. I am Mike, we have Corey and Steven. These two other guys are going to help me carry Black Rocks down half a mile to the beach and put them in rows of three, guys. Rows of three, not one, not two. <laughs> rows of three. Corey, Steven, can you think you can get that done right? So, yeah, so man. Uh, can, I, can I just draw the letters in the sand, maybe? <laughs> Everybody has their job, Corey, okay? <laughs> some of us are rock carriers, some of us are letter writers. All right. <laughs> oh, how you doing, Steven? Doing good. Doing good. A lot, lot better than Jen and Bernard in this episode, for sure. <laughs> Everybody's doing better than Bernard in this episode. <laughs> oh, Oh, boy. Well, listen, we are looking forward to talking about this episode. Uh, we don't really have any network announcements. Uh, join us in, uh, you know, I'm going to throw a curveball right here. Join us in Discord to have some fun with us for whatever we're talking about and going on in Discord. Um, if you want to find us out on the social media world, um, I'm on Twitter when Twitter's not being um, divisive. <laughs> and I'm at the DC Mike on Twitter, so that's where you can find me. Uh, Corey, where can people find you on Twitter? Yeah, you guys can find me at Original Mav, and uh, yeah, I like talking about Lost. There you <laughs> go. Among other things, Lost or uh, TV wise, or the Packers, either one. Or the Packers, Super Bowl champs, probably by the time you hear this. Episode. That's right. By the time you hear this, they could be Super Bowl champs, and they could have beat the Buffalo Bills because we know that. Kansas City Chiefs probably won't make it past the AFC Championship. Right, Steven? And if you'd like to follow my Patrick <laughs> Mahomes fan account, that is uh, at Lucky13Steve at, on Twitter. Oh, boy, that's good. And, guys, you can find all of us over on RetroZap.com, so check out those things. A lot of exciting things coming here in 2021. See, I like y'all, y'all like the way I changed things up, just threw a curveball in there, got all that stuff out of the way at the beginning. That was nice. Oh, sweet. Cause I was really worried about that part. I know, right? Well, we're going to talk about SOS, and no, I don't mean the One Direction song. I mean the actual <laughs> Lost episode of SOS, and we have been on the island now for 63 days. So, Corey, what happened last time on Lost? All right. Previously on Lost, one of the others warns Jack Locke and Sawyer, that if they crossed the line, they would go from misunderstanding to something else. He reveals uh, a tied-up Kate at this moment, which was uh, kind of uh, what encouraged them to go back home. Uh, then Locke orders Henry to push the button. After ultraviolet lights turn on, a hidden map appears on one of the blast doors. Uh, also, Henry tells Locke he never entered the numbers or pressed the button, and nothing happened. That was the last episode. And then also Jack and Kate find a supply um, 
of food marked with Dharma labels, which appear to have been delivered to the island via parachute. Ooh. All Uh, right. I I did notice something on that last, uh, the last scene of previous Iron Lost that I enjoyed. It's the fact that we, they were look, Kate was looking at macaroni and cheese supper. Supper? Uh, Supper instead of dinner. And I, I gotta say, I've always been fascinated by the interchangeable use of supper or dinner, but I don't know if that was meant to kind of indicate an older, um, you know, that, that this food was from possibly an, an older time. Because, um, you know, normally now, if you'd see something in the store, it would probably say dinner. So I don't know if you guys noticed that. It just uh, caught caught my attention. Well, maybe it came, uh, excuse me, uh, maybe it came from Middle Earth. Because I know there, <laughs> hobbits like to enjoy supper and dinner. They're two different things. <laughs> How many of them? Is it as many as breakfasts? Or I think they have seven meals a day. <laughs> yeah. Good uh, night. Eleven Z's is one of them, which I'm not sure exactly what that is. I would love eleven Z's. <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> I'm just thinking about life in the Shire. Oh, good times <laughs> would be. <laughs> All right. Well, this is season two, episode nineteen of Lost. Um, it debuted April twelfth, two thousand and six. Directed by Eric Lenouville and written by Stephen Maeda and Leonard Dick. Uh, summary of the SOS episode: Rose is opposed to Bernard's plan to create an SOS signal. Cade and Jack propose a trade with the others. Boom, Pretty straight boom, to the boom. point. Yes, very much so. <laughs> There's not there's not a lot to beat around the bush on this one. <laughs> oh, a couple of interesting background facts about this episode. Uh, this was actually originally planned as an episode for the third season, but it was moved up when the writers decided they wanted to do a flashback episode that involves some of the show's supporting characters. Uh, good call, I think. I agree. I think it fits like right here in this in this season a lot better than probably would the would the third. The third had so much going on. I don't think it would have worked. The, the third had plenty of other uh, rambling random episodes that uh, dig- digressed. So this right. one uh, was season a lot better than many 10. of those actually. Season three, episode ten, my favorite episode of all time. Um, <laughs> the inspiration for this rose. This is interesting. I didn't realize this uh this inspiration for this episode um rose and bernard's flashback story actually came from l scott caldwell who actually played rose in real life her relationship with her husband was cruelly cut short by terminal cancer uh wow well, she, she did a great job in this episode and uh, i'm sure if she was drawing on some real life experience that uh contributed to her wonderful performance Yeah, I I kept writing down the word emotional because there's a lot of emotion that you uh, uh, come comes to one when they watch this episode. Can you imagine the strength like like you said emotion, but the strength it would have taken for her to go through this episode knowing it happened to her in real life? I mean, I mean, it could have also been what she used to kind of uh, um, almost not say get over it, but um, work through maybe the death of her her husband. And this episode was a way for her to work, work through those feelings. Maybe so. so. I mean, this, this episode is very much about healing. 
in the physical sense and in the, you know, not physical sense, however you want to call it. So, uh, emotional, spiritual, mental. So that it's very fitting. Maybe, maybe it was, uh, somewhat a vessel for that for her. Yeah. But speaking of, uh, Caldwell, she would not appear into the series again until midway through the third season. This was largely down due to her unavailability as she was working on other projects. So you won't see Rose again until midway through season three. Yeah, that's a shame, actually. And it's interesting to hear uh, it's just, you know, somewhat um, because of unavailability. But uh, I've always kind of wondered why Rose and Bernard didn't have more appearances, even for just small things. So I guess if you're a supporting character, they're not going to fly you, have you be there. If you're just going to do one, one or two scenes, I mean, maybe in some cases, but they want you to have a part, uh, at least in the episode. Yeah. So, I, I wish they would be there a little bit more because Rose is uh, an important voice in this show, as she uh, uh, is there from the beginning. She's like the only sane one um, yeah. <laughs> out of all these islanders. <laughs> of course, she guessed that from being on the island for so long, as she, since she was part of Dharma. Um, we won't revisit that theory. <laughs> oh, but what we will revisit is some episode moments that took place in this episode. So, gentlemen, where would you all like to start when uh, kind of reviewing this episode and kind of giving our thoughts on on certain areas? Well, I, th- I think we can, um, you know, start with the the impetus of the episode, which is, you know, Bernard kind of getting frustrated that they've built a kitchen there on the island. They're, they're putting away groceries. They're, they're making a home there on the beach. And, you know, Bernard said, you know, you got, you guys have given up on getting rescued. Um, you know, we, that was kind of a common theme of the first season. Um, you know, whether to stay on the beach, go to the caves, and see, we kind of gotten away from that, and you know, Bernard kind of brings brings that question back to the show. It's like, why aren't we trying to get rescued? It's kind of funny, you know. Hurley says later, you know, we built a raft, and then they blew it up. It's <laughs> <laughs> like we tried, yeah. we tried to get off the island. Uh, you know, Bernard wasn't there for the for the raft journey, but um, so yeah, Bernard decides to uh, to try to get him off the island, well, and building Bernard- a big sign. And, and then Bernard says, well, what are you doing now? You, you built the raft, you know, whatever, weeks ago. Um, yeah, this is a... I, it's funny that that a little fact there um, from before said that this story was planned originally for season three. Because this fits so well here and it feels like the timing is just right. Because season two is really uh, so focused on the hatch and on... Um, the the side story of of um, the others of like M- Michael and Walt being gone and Ben and wanting to do like the trade you know leading up to that there's really not a lot of focus on trying to get off the island which we're gonna get back to that story more in season three and four so I think it's appropriate that something like this happens Bernard's the perfect character to bring it up because he has been on the other side of the island just like fighting to survive. And get whatever scraps of food they can. Uh, much harder, you could say, than the other survivors um, on uh, you know our side of the island here. 
And uh, I, I love the openings. They, they built a kitchen on the beach. They'd given up. And he's kind of right in a way. And I think, once again, this is uh, Lost Writers, in my opinion, being smart, where they, they get ahead of the audience or they at least kind of like stay in step with them as far as like addressing the type of thing that the fans would bring up. Like, hey, why don't they try to get off the island? You know, like, you know, there's there's no urgency to escape. And instead of just like ignoring that fact and going ahead with your story, the best way to address, you know, what could be a plot hole or something is just to have a character come out and uh, try to do something about it. Yeah, I, I actually agree. I know a lot of people kind of get on to, you know, Bernard for this part, but I actually agree with him uh, a lot. You know, they they have made themselves comfortable on this island, and it's almost like they don't care about going back home. And I actually agree with him. He, he he's looking. At, he wants to get his wife home. That's what he wants to do. He wants to get Rose home, and he just feels like nobody else wants to leave. Like everybody else is happy just having food randomly dropped to them, and and. <laughs> And not question where it comes from. Of course, Rose says, I've never been one to question my blessings. And, of course, we know he doesn't know yet um, what, what what we know is going to happen uh, or what had, has already happened to her. Yeah. But but I, I do think that – and, and I'm about to throw some shade on Rose. All right? I know a lot of people are going to be mad at me. That's cool. I don't care. My email is – Producing a loss at retrozap.com. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I am kind of bothered by Rose in this episode. Um, mainly at, although I love this episode, I don't like the way she attacked Bernard when he was in the circle. And he was trying to get these people motivated to, to get these, get these things going. Let's try to get it set up. And she said, well, maybe we should go to Jack, which is okay because they're used to listening to Jack. <laughs> yeah, but it, it totally immediately undermines what he's saying because for all those other people, if this guy's wife is kind of shutting down this idea immediately, what does that say about him and the idea if not even your wife is on board? So it does make a big effect, and obviously it kind of – you know, ruins his little speech there, his motivational speech, pokes a hole in the whole thing. And then uh, she really uh, kind of gets one big stab when she says, uh, you don't want to give them false hope, which she says loud enough to where at least some of them probably heard that. So, yeah, I mean, I understand Rose is emotional and she's frustrated and she probably feels a little guilty about um, lying to Bernard and uh, she doesn't want to, you know, really say how she actually feels, so she does this instead. But yeah, it I would I think it is kind of hurtful. You know, it's under, understandable, uh, but it, it would be hurtful if I were Bernard. Like, what the heck? Like, what? Wh- why of you? Why are you against me? Like, you should be, at the very least, like somewhat supportive, <laughs> or don't try to sabotage me. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I think definitely that line, uh, you know, where it says, well, who's Jack? He's just a doctor or anything, and you're a dentist. I mean, that that one there hurt to watch. Yeah, you, just, that was... you really felt for Bernard there. And I, I mean, I think I agree with you, Mike, though, that the on-island Rose here um, kind of, she wasn't acting like the Rose we knew, you know, that we've seen this whole show. Um 
I, I think we learn why, obviously, that, you know, she's, you know, concerned that about getting off the island. But, you know, Rose, the whole time, she, you know, she's been the have faith person. You know, she believed Bernard was still alive when nobody else did. She's always been positive. She's always, you know, been been a, you know, a f- hopeful character. And, you know, the, the whole false hope thing from her, you know, it did ring a little, un, you know, unusual to me um, how she was acting. But as a, I do think we, you know, we learned why by the end of the episode. But, yeah, I, it wasn't necessarily the rose we've come to, to know and love for the first season and a half. Right. True. True. And I'm not going to let Bernard off the hook completely, though, because, <laughs> you know, he he gets a bad setup here. He doesn't get get to give a great uh, rousing speech because it's cut short. But, uh, yeah, his uh, managerial uh, uh, tactics leave a lot to be desired. There's a lot of oh micromanaging. <laughs> and, you know, he does drag some rocks, too, but... You know, if you want to be a leader, you have to show your willingness to put in the same work you're asking of others. And, uh, yeah, he just he's not really uh, he's so intense about like as if we need to get it done today. I'm sitting there thinking like, yeah, Bernard is right. Like they don't they don't have a lot to do. Like they have nothing but time. They might as well drag some rocks down there. But I mean, they could do 10 rocks total a day. And, you know, in a week, you're going to be 70 rocks. That's pretty good. So I, I don't see the rut. I don't get why he's rushing them so much. He's just really, uh, you know, as a dentist, I don't know what his skills are as a as a supervisor, even though I'm sure he supervises someone. But it's, you know. well, well, as his as his crew grew smaller, he definitely you know, should have learned, you know, a little bit there that maybe yelling at your, your last helper wasn't the best idea. Uh, (laughs) I got to say, I I approve Jen's method. I mean, rather than making it three across, why not make, why not color in the whole SOS with one row and then go back and add a second or a third row? To me, you're better off starting with that one row rather than going three wide. I, I think, Jen had a better method than than Bernard. Yeah, and sometimes someone's trying to help you. They do the wrong thing. You say thank you, and when they walk away, then you fix it how you want it to be done. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what needs to happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Instead of yelling yeah. at them after they've... Uh, gone a half a mile through the jungle with <laughs> you know 40 pound rocks or whatever i will say though did we ever hear any mention of this lava field filled with rocks again like we learned so much about this island the fact that there's a big field full of lava rocks it seems like it should have come into play at some point in the story i don't think we ever hear anything else about it Actually, I think we see it a few times. I think it's not too far from the the golf course area. And I think there's, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, the one where uh, the Trisha Tanaka, <coughs> excuse me, sorry, the Trisha Tanaka where Hurley is driving the uh, van. Isn't there like Come a bunch on. of big Season rocks Season three, at the episode bottom? 10. 
Season three, episode ten, right there, baby. <laughs> yeah, my favorite episode. I know that's my favorite episode. <laughs> but there's a lot of rocks at the bottom of a hill there that they almost run into. Yeah, but, uh, I guess that that could have been that field. I could have been in that area. I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I had I had my issues with, you know, again, I had my issues with Rose's episode. It was very uncharacteristic. I did like Bernard's plan, but yeah, you're right. Bernard's managerial skills was not up, was not up to par for what it needed to be. Um, and, and I think in the end, when she finally revealed to him, this is why I don't want to leave, <clears throat> I think it just finally clicked. And he said, fine, then we'll just, we'll just stay. You know, and of course we do. We see them later on in the show. They've 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 built their little hut. They've traveled around with the island, and they've just they're just happy. They're 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 getting food from from the Dharma Dharma Palatrops and and getting food from the island wherever they can. And they're just living fine on the island, and um, they're they're, they're happy and they're content. Um, it, it yeah. was. Go, go I, I enjoy. I was just gonna say I enjoy the portrayal of this relationship, like their love story, it's different than the other ones. And, you know, part of this could be because they're a little bit older, but in some ways there's some realism here with the fighting, the bickering, the back and forth. They don't get along perfectly, but you do really believe that they deeply love each other. And when Bernard says, okay, well, we're, I won't do the sign then. Well, we're going to stay here. Just, Without a beat, it's like, that's that's it. We'll stay here. We'll live here. That's fine. And, uh, you know, I'd take down the sign, but we didn't get very far, so. <laughs> right. I, 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 I do like the moment. Um, I, I do like the way, okay, the way they set it up with, there's only a few people on the island who knew that Locke was paralyzed before the plane. One was Rose. Um, I'm trying to think who the other one was. Um, at some time, I point. I think Boone probably knew. Although I think it's just knew. him and, and Walt knows. And Walt Walt does yeah, know. Yeah, he told I Walt. Think, I think Boone does at some point. Boone realizes it, although it doesn't actually ever say it. But I do like the interaction between Locke and Rose, and then when they're on the beach... When Locke is just staring out there because he's just frustrated, which would kind of be a nice segue into what we're going to talk about next. Rose just comes and sits next to him, and 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 he says, you know, and he's talking about maybe the island's not special. And she said, now you, you pretty much know, me and you both know <laughs> that that's not true, <laughs> and because you know it's a subtle hint that hey, I knew you were paralyzed, that you knew I had issues too, and it gives him this this confidence to quote unquote stop pressing the button now. Which yeah, uh, this was a great scene. And yeah, it the look that that uh, Locke gives Rose is great because, <laughs> you know, it's, oh, you know something, right? And uh, yeah, Locke has told some people and he knows that there's healing properties. But you know, this this part of the season is all about Locke losing his faith. And this, you know, he's kind of like uh, wavering back and forth here, and, and uh, Rose is helping him out a little bit. Uh, but it, but this actually, this scene and what she says and how it relates to the flashback, like 
there's actually some really good stuff here that relates to the the larger mythology of Lost. When you think of SOS, I think people think of, oh, it's kind of like those one-off episodes. It's a fun little backstory of Rose and Bernard. But no, there's actually some important stuff uh, yeah. if you want to look at uh, the island and even more than the island. The healing qualities and the uh, kind of, you know, one of the major uh, propo proponents of the show of Lost is this first mystery of one of the first mysteries, how Locke was healed. And then now, you know, we have the uh, Rose as another person. And it really actually uh, enlightens a lot of what you see of Rose in season one, because she says in this episode, when a person is sick, they feel it. There's a feeling inside me. I know it. I know it's there. And on the island, I know it's gone now. And it's uh, and that's when she's talking to Bernard. Uh, but but it's basically she insinuates the same thing when she's talking to Locke. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I agree. I think that one of the things I way I look at this episode is it seems like, yeah, a lot of people might look at this as a as a one-off or whatever you'd say that, you know, this oh, just the Rose and Bernard episode, but this episode really gave us one of the biggest answers of the entire show. It's, you know, and it didn't necessarily spell it out for us, you know, but the, the, the fact that there's places on earth with energy, um, and yeah, you know, that the Isaac character kind of, you know, made it vague, you know, maybe it's magnetic, maybe it's geological, maybe it's something else. Um, but I mean, to me, that's one of the biggest answers they give us um, about the island on the whole show. Um, certainly, the biggest one we get for a while. Um, so I, I, I thought that was a. I I really enjoy this this backstory. It's um, you know, it, it's a it's a beautiful love story, but also a, a big your um, mythological episode as well. Yeah. Yeah, just just talking about uh, Isaac and his role here. Honestly, I had previously, you know, I originally thought this was kind of like a dumb part of the flashback, like oh, this healer guy, okay, whatever. Um, and you go in there, and I mean, it's actually kind of. At first, it looks a little creepy with like all of the uh, crutches, like, and, stuff crutches and walkers <laughs> and everything there, which. I know it's supposed to be a sign of like who has been healed or whatever. And then you talk to this guy and they, I mean, they cut to the chase. He gets right into it. Uh, cause, cause, uh, Rose isn't messing around. She's like, how the heck is this going to work? He's like, Hey, yeah, well, basically just what Steven said, there's special properties could be magnetic, could be this. And it does a perfect job of just saying, this is what the Island is kind of. Um, but we're not going to tell you that straight up yet. You just have to put it together yourself. And uh, this this little spot here in Australia is like a mini version. And then we're later going to get a spot in uh, L.A., right? There's going to be a spot in Tunisia that's right. the, the exit or whatever. And there's other places. So to me, I mean, since we're talking about it, i got to bring this up. It's such an interesting point because it's – it opens the door, and there's still um, stuff to be explored here, theoretically. And if, if there ever were to be a 
uh, Lost reboot. I actually feel like this guy, I don't know if they would, this is a place you could go in a reboot if you're trying to figure out not only just mysteries of the island, but the like trying to figure out like what is going on with this energy and like how people harness it. And I, I don't know how you make that into a story, but uh, this feels like a place that could be revisited or at least um, the concept of other uh, hotspots around the globe where maybe a different type of healer or other people have tried to harness it in other ways. So that would be interesting. Oh, yeah. That'd be good. So speaking of Locke, uh, kind of moving away a little bit, I guess, from Rose and Bernard, um, what did you think about Locke in this episode, about his growth or <laughs> his non-growth <laughs> or his frustration? <laughs> well, what did y'all think, well, y'all think of Locke? Well, obviously his trying to recreate the blast door map is going to be a, you know, kind of an ongoing story here. Right. But his, to me, his, the conversation through the wall with Henry, Henry, Ben, whatever we're calling him now, I, I thought that was kind of like, I mean, talk about just playing right into to Henry's hand. I mean, he couldn't have really thought that he was going to get an answer there as he stood and screamed at the door. Could he like, <laughs> he, I mean, he was, he was really getting in a bad place there where he was just screaming for the sake of screaming because he knew he wasn't going to get an answer. He was giving Ben exactly what he wanted. Um, and Ben was loving it. <laughs> yeah. We get that evil, that evil Ben Linus smile. Yeah. So good. But, but yeah, Locke is definitely having a um, crisis of faith, I guess you would say. Um, yeah, I, I love the... Go ahead. I love the cold open here. We start off with Locke, um, or maybe there's a little bit of Rose and Bernard first, and then it goes to Locke uh, trying to do the map, and he's failing to draw, and he's all angry. And the alarm's going on and on and on. I don't, I don't know why. This has always been a kind of a funny moment in the season. It just it sounds weird. It sounds like he's asking him about like a phone. A jack comes in as the alarm's blaring. Uh, you going to get that? <laughs> and Locke, <laughs> <laughs> Locke puts in the code and does that. Uh, and then just to mention it, also, then right after that is when Jack goes to interview... Uh, Ben or not interview, but change change the dressing in the you know the end of the cold open is, you know they'll never give up Walt, which is very just a very chilling open to the episode. Oh my goodness, yeah. But but Locke has so, an interesting story throughout the the episode for sure. Yeah, he um he grows, he kind of <laughs> he he kind kind of grows on you a little bit, but yeah he. I loved his moment of saying, I'm, I'm done. I'm done with the hatch. Although we know that's not true because Henry's already gotten, Ben's already gotten his mind. Um, he can, he can lie all he wants, but Ben, Ben's already there. By the way, I will say, I would think it'd be very difficult for that dude to crutch around in the sand <laughs> and, and travel back from the hatch to the beach. I would think it'd be very difficult to do on crutches. Yeah, I would think so too. Uh, but you know, Rose really lifts his spirits, and he goes back, and I think he's able to complete the map at the end of the episode during the montage. 
And, you know, having Locke involved, having Rose and Bernard talking about the physical healing, and then Locke is kind of like, you know, he's obviously so frustrated and kind of just losing it at the beginning or in the middle. Um, it also is, you know, going back to that sense of trying to uh, find some healing uh, in the other stuff that's going on for Locke, which we know doesn't really keep, but... Uh, <laughs> For now, uh, he gets back and he seems rejuvenated. He says, oh, "I just needed to stretch my legs." Uh, just, just an ironic line. Uh, That's funny. Uh, but you guys want to talk a little bit about Jack and his uh, mission in this episode? I, I gotta say, I, <laughs> I I like this Jack. Um, you know, Jack's kind of in a good spot right now. We. We had the episode with him getting a little, you know, getting one over on Sawyer a couple episodes ago with the poker game. And, uh, you know, here we get Jack jumping into action. And I enjoyed the fact that we finally hear about Walt again. You know, you, he told Michael he they hadn't forgot about Walt, but no one's talking about Walt. And um, Jack, you know, said, hey, you, you had a good idea to go, you know, the prisoner exchange so i'm gonna try it and we're gonna try to get walt back um thought it was kind of funny he didn't mention michael <laughs> you know not trying to get michael back we're gonna go get walt back mm-hmm. uh, but i'm gl- i'm glad that jack is still you know keeping that in on the front of his mind um yeah i i, I like that there's a plan here and yeah, this is Jack's on a roll right now. This is a focused Jack. He <laughs> actually seems to be making a lot of logical sense, which he doesn't always. <laughs> and then he goes. Uh, I mean, first it's a cool moment with with Henry. Jack just kind of telling him how it is after he rips the bandaid off. <laughs> and then and then his talk with Sawyer and Kate is great too. <laughs> he really uh, sets up Sawyer for for some disappointment. Yeah, no, I'm not inviting you. I'm inviting Kate. Uh, which is funny because it's like, oh, Kate probably would have followed anyways, <laughs> right? <laughs> Pretty much. And, and the, fa- the fact that he already had a gun when Sawyer thinks he's coming to get a gun, but he already had one, that was pretty pretty good. Yeah, really stole uh, Sawyer's thunder here. There's not a lot of Sawyer in this episode, but there is, you know, some subtle, um, you know, foreshadowing of how, like, Sawyer's kind of, like, not foreshadowing, but they're showing how he's kind of a, definitely on his own a little bit more. He's with Kate, and then Kate ditches him. You know, his whole power struggle thing isn't really working exactly how he planned after uh, Jack is kind of politically taking back the, the power. And you know, by the end, he's just hanging out with Vincent. So, uh, <laughs> man and his dog. Uh, I got to say, though, it, I know we'll touch on this in Sawyer's Name Dictionary, but in... The entire show, this is my favorite Sawyer nickname <laughs> when he calls him Dr. Giggles. Uh, yeah. Oh, look, here comes Dr. Giggles. <laughs> so I don't know how many people remember this movie, but when I was a kid, this you know, we'd go um, to Blockbusters on Fridays sometimes with my dad and stepbrother and pick out movies and this is one of those movies we picked out several times i don't know why it was horrible it was a a a horror movie about a a murderous dentist 
in a small town, but I watched the movie Dr. Giggles many times as a child, and the the fact that he called Jack that, just that's probably my favorite Sawyer nickname of the show. Oh, boy. I, I never knew the background to that, and it makes it even better. I, I liked it, not even knowing that. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with L.A. Law, but the gentleman who... I played, I believe it was, I don't remember if his name was Lenny on L.A. Law, but the uh, mentally handicapped lawyer or character on L.A. Law played uh-huh. a dentist. And I, for, I forget the actor's name, but um, really, I mean, it's a horrible 90s uh, slasher movie, but it, it was creepy and it's a classic. It, it, it sounds, uh, sounds like a gem. Sounds like a special movie that that, that that we need to watch and cover when we have a special episode. Yeah, you can cover that in Mike's movies. Mike's movie minute. Oh, probably not. <laughs> Great podcast. <laughs> I've heard I've heard good things. I don't know. Oh boy. <laughs> oh, speaking of Michael, though, so we know Locke is frustrated. And uh, and Henry has definitely got under his skin. And by the way, Jack going in there to change his bandages was probably one of the highlights of that episode. Um, he just kind of he has has. Oh, I'm sorry, my bedside manner is kind of lacking. <laughs> he just right rips the bandage off and yeah, her just shoves the mat. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Uh, we I, get, I do I do get, go ahead. I do maybe want to dive into that scene just a little bit. Um, okay, go for it. it. As to why Ben said they would never give give him Walt, um, we know from missing the the lost missing pieces um, episodes that you know they kind of they know Walt has some abilities you know we never really get it explained but you know all the birds end up dead outside the room and it kind of seems like they're scared of him uh scared of walt a little bit um so we know that ben has met walt when they you know once they kidnapped him but why do you think ben says you know they'll never give you walt uh, when they end up giving them back Walt, you know making a trade for walt you know later on in the season spoiler alert well i know that the others don't have a lot of access to media and uh technology so maybe like the only movie they've seen is the birds and they see (laughs) walt's capabilities here and they're like oh my gosh we don't want a bird uh birdemic uh attacking us (laughs) so this guy could be part of it um no but in all seriousness um it's not going to be Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds, but Walt does have these kind of weird abilities. And so they're they're seemingly, you know, like they're frightened or they want to study him. Or they want him to be, you know, one of the others. He'd, he'd be, uh, I guess, an important person there. But why, yeah, why do they end up trading him? Like, this could just be Ben trying to, he, he doesn't want Jack to try. He wants, uh, I think that Ben is happy to be where he's at for the time being. And they're able to get Michael to do the dirty work, and, you know, he he gets away, and they don't have to give up Walt. Uh, But in the end, they do, you know, I don't know if it has to do with uh, 
his health and the tumor or what it is, but they end up letting them both go um, after Michael does what he says he's going to do. So that's a, that's a little bit of a mystery. That might be answered for us, though, as we watch the next uh, three or four episodes. Might be enlightened on that a little bit more with the, the trade that does eventually happen. Because, I mean, Michael brings over uh, four of them, right? Yeah. Um, Hurley, Jack, Kate, Sawyer. That's the four, right? Yeah. And then Hurley just has to hike back. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he's definitely not bringing over Libby. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> well, it, it, what's, what is interesting, going back to Jack for a second, is I actually thought it was pretty smart of Jack when they're walking through the jungle. And Kate's like, oh, why do you want to take me? And uh, he says, well, they don't want you, which is which is smart. Now, we know that they changed their mind. But at the time, it is true, uh, at least during the first 40, 55 days, uh, 60 days, I guess, they did not want jack or kate they could have taken either of them you know ethan could have tried to or they could have you know sent more people they you know could have tried to take them um in the hunting party earlier this season they don't do it so uh, th there is a reason that they changed their mind i think part of it is that ben you know he infiltrates and i think that th there's like kind of the other's game plan and then ben is there and he reevaluates it and then when he gets uh returned you know, they change their uh, their game plan a little bit. They adjust, calls an audible. We're gonna we're gonna get the doctor. We want him now. We want this redneck, and we want Kate for some reason. So, hey, uh, honestly, I hadn't thought of it that way, but that is kind of an interesting uh, theory there that I think makes a lot of sense. And maybe word, uh, maybe there's word from Jacob or you know, you know via Richard because. Uh, those three are candidates, and well, Hurley as well, the four of them. So um, there's a list. This is the first. Uh, I think the next episode, where whenever we get the the three minutes, whatever the uh, the Michael episode is going to give us some answers when he is imprisoned there, and she, uh, the woman, I can't remember, is it Q, and she gives him a, a list. I think yeah. that's going to be. Uh, you know. So one thing that does kind of bother me um, about, because of course we know it's coming up next episode, um, is Ana Lucia in this episode. It really seems like ever since she killed Shannon, her character has just nosedived on the show. Um, she hasn't really had a lot of stuff. You know, she was asked one time by Jack. You know, you want to start an army, and then we never heard anything back from her. Now she's just kind of sitting in the hat. She's always got a gun in her hand, cleaning a gun or reloading a gun, sitting on the couch by, by the door, and she doesn't really have much of a character growth. And then, of course, we knowing what's coming up, you know, next episode, I'm like, it, it. Do you ever wish there was more to Ana Lucia <laughs> than what we got? I mean, I know there was originally more scheduled for her. Yeah, well, no, I, go ahead. Yeah, I, I, I like what she does in this episode. That's all I was going to say. I like some of her interactions. I, I like that she has a little bit of a role now with the uh, kind of the, I guess you'd say the leadership uh, crew here between uh, Locke and uh, Jack. You know, she maybe helps them uh, 
uh, as an intermediate between the two. But what were you going to say, Stephen? Listen, when 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 Ana Lucia is the moderator between Jack and Locke, we've got a serious leadership <laughs> issue. Okay, okay, she give her some give her a break. She's calmed down a little bit. She was a police officer at one point, so she has some of these skills, and maybe she's uh, you know, been able to relax enough, had enough mangoes on the beach, pet probably petted <laughs> Vincent enough that she's uh, she's all right now. All right. <laughs> I don't know. Go ahead, Steven. I, I didn't mean to cut no, you off. What'd you, what'd no, you say? No, no. I, I got to say, I mean, I think I'm kind of agreeing with you here, Mike, and that I do feel like, you know, there's a bit of a missed opportunity for some more Ana Lucia. I thought it was kind of weird that, you know, Jack just made her stay in the, you know, in the hatch, considering they, they do have a pretty good, you know, working relationship. Um, I, I'm surprised he just kind of made her stay. Yeah, he went uh, unless his plan was to go get Saeed, and then Saeed turned him down. Um, but yeah, I I did think that she just seemed kind of stuck in place this episode in kind of a weird way. Well, she um, no no, he said he wanted her to watch Locke because he doesn't trust Locke right now, which is probably fair because Locke is not in his right mind. And right. it, I think they're kind of trying to establish like her role as like, uh, you know, being on guard at the hatch because like this is next episode. Uh, that's what she's going to be doing and uh, might not work out. So um, I, I don't know what it is. I do agree that she's a great character and I think a lot of us wish she would have stayed around. I think some of the characters um you know are gone too soon and uh you know we do have there are a lot of of good uh female characters on the show and but whether it was by acting or just kind of worked out a certain way a lot of them all die it's so uh there's not very many left by the last season besides like kate pretty much i know son's in there and uh i love son but by the end of the series, there's not really a lot for her to do besides kind of like wander around. So it would have been cool to see Anna Lucia uh, kicking some butt at the end, uh, you know, or at least for a few more seasons. Yeah. But I, I believe the next episode is an Anna Lucia episode, correct? Uh, uh, two for the road. I, I think I that think is so, yeah. episode. And she, I mean, she was... She's only around for one season, but I, I believe she gets three episodes this season, if you're if I'm right. Um I think you are. So she gets she gets a good role. Um I've heard before that Michelle Rod- Rodriguez didn't really want to be on the show for an extended period. And she's in so many movies, so it that it um may have not worked out, um, regardless if they wanted it to. True. <clears throat> Well, speaking of uh, what's coming up next episode, uh, Michael has finally returned. Yeah. DT hydrated, but he's finally returned. Yeah. I, I always wonder, they have to have that leaf like stuck in his beard? It, <clears throat> it just it doesn't look good. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what the heck? It always looks to me that always looks weird at the end. He looks, he looks dead. 
Yeah, he he's looking pretty rough when when he comes stumbling out of the jungle there. Um, but it, this is another great you know lock cliff or lost cliffhanger they leave us with here. Um, kind of classic lost. We get the you know the nice montage. You know, got some cute moments of you know Hurley making. Shadow pup, shadow puppets with shadow puppets. Yeah, <laughs> and, you know, and then we then we get you know Michael stumbling out of the jungle. You know, right after g- great timing is, you know, Kate Kate apologizes for kissing Jack, and you know they're kind of having a little moment there, and then we get Michael stumbling out of the jungle. Um, but uh, you definitely an interesting end to the episode. Yeah, I, I liked that we got another one of these montages. It did put a nice kind of bow on the episode. I think it's Sawyer feeding Vincent there. That was that was sweet. But th- this is lost um, going forward. There's not going to be just a, a lovely montage and it's over. Th- there may be a montage, a feel-good uh, moment, but then they're going to give you something uh, intense to sleep on. So, Right. Uh, but, yeah, but very also... well done. But the, but it, but it also they really do play into the um, the fact that whenever somebody is finally happy, it's gonna get stripped away. Like we know Hurley is happy right now. He's he he's 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 found a good lady. Obviously, you know. Sorry, Louie. And then next week Sawyer's gonna have some jungle fever fun. And uh, or uh, the rumble in the jungle, and um, then of course Sawyer's going to lose somebody too. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, it, it's it's it is sad. You know, th- I like those montages that Lost does. I really do, and I do like the way you said that they kind of cut back to, um, you know, something serious right after that. Because that's just how Lost is, um, and, and and they do it so well. You know, even in that montage, they they give you just enough mix of stuff going on that you know. I like how they gave us the little scene of Jen and Son, and Son having you know the concerned look on her face, you know, just reminding you as a viewer, hey, we've still got this story out here of you know. She's pregnant and, you know, may or may not, you know, be she may or may not have told her husband the whole truth there. So, you know, I like that even in a kind of feel good montage, they they have little moments of, um, you know, seriousness. I don't know what you'd call it, but foreboding, perhaps. Yeah. And and they they check up everywhere. Uh, We get a little shot of uh, Charlie. And Echo really starting to, I think, put uh, a couple pieces, uh, you know, for the the framing, I guess you'd call it, of the the church they're building, which is something we haven't mentioned. We finally learn what they're, right? Isn't this when we actually learn what they're doing? They finally say, oh, we're building a church. Yeah, I think this is the first time they say that. Which, again, kind of goes with the theme of, like, the healing and the being saved. Uh, But they also do it in a very comical way, (laughs) because... 
Because Bernard, of course, is like, <laughs> we need to not build kitchens. We need to not get comfortable. We need to get the heck off this island. Uh, yeah, we're going to build a church, actually. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and the, the, cla- the classic Bernard line, I think I liked you better when you just hit people with your stick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> such a good line. Uh, Bernard is pretty uh, funny in this episode. Like His, his frustration, this... Bernard's a great character. Rose and Bernard are, are great characters, and def, you know, definitely wish we got more of them for sure. Another little nugget uh, earlier at the near the beginning, Bernard mentions. I think he's talking to Hurley. He's like, "I need you to get all these people to help," and he's like, "Oh, and don't forget Jenkins and Frogert." And I don't think we ever figure out who <laughs> Jenkins really is, but we do get uh, Frogert in the in the show. I don't at this point had the missing piece or any of those. I, I don't think the, I I don't think those happened until after in middle or end of season three. So I don't think we had met Frogert yet. But this is this is our first mention of Frogert. And they say Neil as well, so they know his <laughs> you know his name is out there. And we're gonna meet the real guy later and see his uh, end. <laughs> <laughs> they obviously hadn't cast him yet because you know he wasn't in any of the the little group meetings here. But yeah, I do like how they drop that. <laughs> like, what a random you know we're gonna have this character who has a frozen yogurt you know guy. And, and of course, they call him Frogert. <laughs> Frogert. <laughs> uh, you know, we haven't talked too much about the 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 flashback, and the flashback is. It's very touching. There's not a whole lot to... We talked about the most um, important scene, and we I think we kind of referenced the lock scene as well. But uh, just to know, I love the unexpected nature of Rose and Bernard's relationship. Uh, I myself it kind of thought that they had been together for like 20 years or something. Uh, and no, they are kind of like newlyweds. It's only been a couple years maybe, uh, if that. And, you know, the fact, you know, Rose, Bernard takes the initiative to help her out. He's very friendly, smiles at her. And Rose is the one who asks him for coffee. And knowing that she's dying later, this is kind of like, she's like, you know, you, uh, for lack of a better term, YOLO, right? You know, just like, <laughs> I'm going to uh, ask this, this gentleman out for coffee and they fall in love. That scene in the restaurant. I mean, it's so touching, you know, when when he gets the um, the musicians out there, proposes. I knew after five minutes. I mean, he's it's pretty smooth uh, delivery here by Bernard. So well, well done on the romantic side. Uh, oh, yeah, and it's just it, crushing though when she says, you know, what she, her response. But wait, go go ahead, Mike. I was gonna say, yeah, her her response of well, you know, I, I have cancer. And she went through this whole spill, and then he just looks at her and says, you still haven't answered my question. Like, I mean, boom, like perfect man moment right there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. 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 They, I, by the, by the way, know, I believe I believe they had only been married for five months before they crashed on the island. Well, they'd only known each other for five months when they got engaged, I believe. Um, yeah, so it must have been a, a little bit longer. Or, or that might be their that's their honeymoon, isn't it? In Australia. So yeah, I guess let they, me, I, I'll look I think I think he said when he pro, I think he said when he proposed that they'd been together for five months 
but he knew after five minutes. So, I, yeah. yeah, then after that, they would have had to get married and then go to Australia. So it's probably a little bit longer than that. But um, they definitely told a great touching love story there. And just a, just a couple scenes, you, you really feel like you know, you know, Rose and Bernard. And, yeah, obviously very touching scene. I enjoyed the the line um we get a lot of faith and religion in this episode i love rose's line you know as he's you know he's obviously worried about proposing so she's talking to him about i believe that was niagara falls i've never been there but uh you know she's like, what does god have to do to get your attention i thought that was a really good line from rose yeah um and you know i think this whole episode i you know at the end of you know, just an overall lost show. The way the ending had you know was kind of a spiritual, religious you know ending that a lot of people didn't like. But I mean, this show is a lot about faith and spirituality, and this is this episode we get a lot of that. You know, we get you know that scene about what does God have to do to get your attention. We get. Um, Echo saying, you know, to Bernard, you know, there people are saved in more than one way. Um, you know, anytime Rose is involved, there's a lot of talk about faith, and and we, of course, we get the healer, um, you know, talking about the energy, or maybe it's something else. So I feel like, you know, if anybody thinks that this show, you know, isn't religious, I mean, this this episode here really hits you over the head with a lot of spirituality, religion. God um, talk. Yeah, and, and Jack says it, I think, in um, at, at one point in the later seasons, you know, I was broken. And, uh, and I, think, I think he also says, I was dumb enough to think this place could uh, heal me or could fix me. And, and that's kind of a statement on, like, and the title of the show, as we have figured out later, is supposed to be more referring to how all the characters are lost in their own lives, lives, and uh, uh, you know, I've kind of said this word many times, but healing is definitely a part of of this this episode and the whole show. In that these characters have uh, very challenging um, past lives, and of course, rest in peace to everybody who you know on the plane crash. You know, the many victims, but the people who did survive, they were able to find many of them find healing on the island. Uh, and uh, you know, find something else in their life, and that's just uh, definitely explored more often in certain episodes. And this is one of those episodes. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that there's a few points where it's it's very subtle in some of this flashback, and they're very on the nose when the healer says like, uh, "This isn't the this isn't the right place uh, to Rose." Um, but you basically you can be healed, but this isn't the right place. <laughs> Which of all the lines like that one for me is like a little too obvious. But like I said, I didn't really catch a lot of these references when I first watched it. So maybe it only seems obvious uh, now looking back. Yeah, uh, I I will say I did. By the way, I did look it up real quick uh, to kind of go back. They met, and then after five months, I think Stephen, you said Bernard proposes. And then she only has a year to live. They, they get they get married, and then on their honeymoon is when she takes her to the or he takes her to the uh, to the to the healer. So 
It's yeah. probably, I would dare say it's probably been less than a year that they've been together and married. Yeah, I usually the older you are that you don't do the long engagement, super extravagant wedding. You just kind of well, and with her only sooner. Having, and with her only having a year to live, I'm pretty sure he didn't postpone it as long, you know, very long. Yeah. Um, so. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, uh, they do such a good job acting in this episode, and you can tell uh, now that you say that thing about Rose and her husband. Like, the emotion on her face in the scene when she says, I'm dying, Bernard. And then later, when they're when they're going into uh, the healer, and she just is indignant. Like, I didn't ask for this. I really feel for her. And that's a great, a great uh, performance. And then, uh, you know, Bernard, well, do it for me, please. Uh, just a really, really touching scene. Sam, Sam Anderson, the guy who plays Bernard... I, I don't know him from as many things, but uh, I don't know if it was one of you guys, but I think, you know, he's more well known for like villainous characters and like kind of, uh, you know, definitely really? like the opposite of, of, or at least before Lost, I think he played a lot of kind of a, just not this type of character. He was, he was always kind of not like a, hmm. he wasn't the good guy, the just loving uh, husband character. He was kind of slimy in a lot of stuff, I believe. Uh, it's a real different role. Um, somebody, I can't remember who mentioned that, but uh, hopefully, I, I think I'm right about that. So I do remember him as Gorpley in Perfect Strangers, the that that that, that TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I did just get done watching a Friends episode where Phoebe has her baby, and he's Doctor Harrod, and he has this fascination with the Thons. Um. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so let me see. He, he was uh, also in Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. Wow. Okay. Maybe villainous was... wasn't the right word, but just <laughs> not quite like the good. He's not the good guy like this, where he's just right. a good wholesome guy. Right. He, he he's definitely he was one of those this. characters, though. To to me, when he showed up on this show, I recognized him. You know, there there was a lot of actors I you know. This is the first time I had seen him, but he is one that I feel like I he's one of those character actors that you've seen in a lot of things before. Yeah, definitely. Um, it, uh, one other thing we would be remiss if we did not mention it. Uh, it is the source of probably uh, the most uh, euphemisms, sexual innuendos from the show. They got caught in a net. <laughs> <laughs> I just it's such a funny moment. I mean, it's only a short scene. I just it I really find this is. hilarious. <laughs> and, oh, uh, yeah. Sawyer says great it that, later too. I think. Yeah, it's pretty great that Jack uh, gets uh, gets the shot and Kate misses. You know, because Kate's supposed to be such a good shot. Uh, I like that moment. So yeah, it's just it's just funny. I mean, of course, it's you know building this sexual tension they're stuck in the net an inch away from each other and fall down and then then later kate has to say uh you know sorry about kissing you um it's just it's all over the place but yeah yeah. later later uh apparently jack tells sawyer yeah we got caught in net i don't know if that part's on i think he says that in an episode and then he's like oh okay caught in a net all right 
uh, and then I think later on, he's like, oh, you got, they're, they're, they might be near the net area, but he's like, you guys really got caught in net. Oh, I thought that was, I thought that was code <laughs> for something else. I didn't know you were serious. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's good. Well, do you guys have anything else before we kind of move out of this section? It was a good episode. We're about an hour in, and uh, man, we've been talking a lot of this tonight. We we, we it's a it's a good episode. Uh, there's to a talk lot. about. Uh, w- yeah, one last question I have, and uh, it's I, I we don't have a uh, unanswered questions part, but for me, this is unanswered to me at least uh, for now. Is can they hear Jack? Are they when they get to the line? You know, he's yelling like a crazy man in the rain. Uh, do you think they hear him? And are, are there really others out there, kind of like on the wa- on the prowl watching? I think so. Yeah, and, and they must. So I think they hear him, and then they send Michael. They release Michael. It will, well, it's probably answered in that Michael episode uh, we get in a couple episodes. I just don't remember it. Yeah, I, I think they may have had like maybe one person watching that line. And then when they saw them there, they ran back and told them what was going on, and that's when they brought Michael back. Yeah. I, I kind of feel like when they had the discussion during the hunting party where, um, you know, Mr. Friendly said, you know, right here is a line, I kind of always felt like that was more of a, a metaphorical line. As far and I think Jack took it more literal. Like this is a literal line you can't cross. And I think, you know, to me the the others always kind of meant like you know this this general part of the island. Don't don't come any further, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if the others really have like sentries out there guarding guarding the line. Yeah, like I don't feel like that was the edge of others. You know territory i didn't get that impression but, but from i guess if you think about it time wise if someone were to see them go back to talk to i guess q i think that's her name and then they decide to send my you know that seems about enough time based on like the hours it seemed like they were there to go get michael and then let him go um but i, I think we're gonna get a little more clarity on that um, later this season. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, shall we move on then? Uh, do we have a in memoriam? In memoriam, the Rock Project. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to the Rock Project. Never got finished. <laughs> SOS. You could have been so great. Instead, you were more like, you know, just a little bit of an S. It's <laughs> <laughs> a little apostrophe. <laughs> So, all right. So, what are we? How are we? How are we rating this thing? Let's let's rate this thing tonight. Oh yeah. So we have a, a twenty-three point rating system here between one and twenty-three. And uh, tonight uh, we are doing it between one and twenty-three Bernard management strategies. So <laughs> these are very effective strategies. Uh, <laughs> if you are about to become a boss, you know, just replicate what Bernard does. The way he yells at his employees and no, that's wrong. You know, so. Uh, Mike, where where do you stand? How many uh, management strategies? Well, I'd give this one twenty. I would give this one twenty-two, but just because I did not like Rose 
mocking Bernard for being a dentist and not consulting Jack, I had to deduct a point. So I'm only going to give it 21 out of 23 Bernard management <laughs> strategies. Yeah. Is, is she an anti-dentite? Um, I think so, too. <laughs> um, no. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Steven, what, what about you? Uh, I gave this one a 22 out of 23. Um, I, I really like this episode. I, I love the backstory. Both the, the sweet, you know, Rose and Bernard part and the, the big answers we get from the scene with Isaac. Um, great episode. Yeah. Great. So, such a good episode. Um, yeah, I'm I'm right around the same spot, uh, 21 out of 23. So I think we're all. It's, this is one of those where you don't remember how good of an episode it is. Um, you're like, oh yeah, I gotta watch that episode, um, and you're just immediately uh, engaged. So, uh, what, while we're talking about the numbers, I have to mention this. I was at um, my girlfriend's place, uh, her apartment complex. And I'd never gone through this gate. There's a code to get to the other side of the complex. And uh, she's like, oh, yeah, uh, you can put in the password. It's 4815. And nobody <laughs> knows where she lives, so it doesn't matter. But, <laughs> oh, my God. I, I just, like, lost it. Like, whoever programmed this has to be lost, man. They have to be. Uh, unless it's just a coincidence. And I was, it, I was trying to explain it to her, and she didn't quite uh, get uh, – <laughs> She hasn't watched Lost yet, but uh, come on, you need to get on that, man. Yeah, I mean. so it's it's hard though because I I want to watch it with her, so we have to find the time to do it. Um, but man, uh, yeah, four eight one five, man. I I was just overjoyed. I needed to share it with someone, and I'm glad I <laughs> to share it with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Oh. All right, Stephen, where are we at here at the end of this thing? What, what else we got left? All right. We didn't have anything in the unanswered questions section tonight, but we do have some Sawyer's Name Dictionary. Uh, he calls Bernard Norma Ray. calls Jack <laughs> Dr. Giggles. There it is. There you go, Stephen. <laughs> Dr. <My> Giggles. <laughs> oh. All right. Um, pop culture connections. Um I, this is actually interesting. Um, Uluru is also known as Ayers Rock, is a large sandstone f- rock formation in the southern part of the Northern Territory, Central Australia. It is sacred to the Aboriginal people of the area. I personally had no idea when I was watching this episode that that was an actual, you know, place. And I, that was kind of cool. When you rewatch it, you can see the the air, you know, that rock formation as they're driving up. Oh, nice. I never would have known that. Yeah, I, I, I never knew that either. Um, These Arms of Mine is uh, a song by Otis Redding. It's heard on Rose's car radio and later on the Swan record player. Um, nice. After these, ar- yeah, after these Arms of Mine fades out, there is a shot of Rose and Bernard sitting together. And These Arms of Mine is incorporated into the score played by Strings. When the Otis Redding song is arranged instrumentally, it bears a striking resemblance to the song The Rose, the most well-known rendition of which was performed by Bette Midler. Yeah, one thing I wanted to say, sorry to interrupt, but yeah, this reminded me of what we're going to get in uh, uh, Mike's favorite episode, the Trisha Tanaka, where we get the Mm. 
lost, uh, you know, the the uh, halls of Shambhala, and they kind of do they incorporate it into the actual soundtrack and do like their own version. And I thought that was really cool how it goes from the actual song and like transitions in a very neat way back to lost music. Yes. Um, so. I agree. Can we just skip everything else and just go straight to season three, episode ten? <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> listeners will love that. It won't be confusing. <laughs> <laughs> so for all two of the listeners out there, look. Here's the uh, thing. Uh, <laughs> no. Oh. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Stephen. <laughs> all right. Uh, a few more pop culture connections. Uh, the Guinness Book of World Records. When Kate struggles to pry muscles loose from rocks and succeeds in removing only four and a half hour, Sawyer remarks that it's time to call the Guinness Book. This is a reference book published <laughs> annually containing an internationally recognized collection of world records, both human achievements and the extreme of the natural world. I wonder, do they still print that, or you think it's all online by now? As do far as I know, they still print it. Nice. That'd be a fun book to look flip through i've flipped through some before in the past i love hey. doing that as a kid man just look, looking through the guinness book of world records oh yeah i i had pro- i had one probably every year as, as a child it was good stuff um the right girl for me um by roger edens is played by violinist when bernard proposes i guess that was oh. the song that they were playing and Dr. Giggles. There we uh, go. <laughs> he's the main character in this 1992 slasher movie. Dr. Giggles is a psychopath who escapes from a mental institution to exact revenge on the town where his mass murdering doctor father was captured. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to find out if that's on Netflix or Hulu or something. It's got to be out there somewhere now that now that Blockbuster isn't around anymore. Oh, <laughs> Blockbuster. <laughs> R.I.P. Um, so- Sawyer also calls Bernard Norma Ray after the main character from the 1979 movie Norma Ray, who becomes involved in the labor union, acti- the labor union activities at a textile factory where she works. Oh, okay. There we go. That's how it ties in. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Alfred de Musset... The scrap of paper on which Locke sketches the blast door map features a French poem written by this 18th century poet called Sur les débuts de Mesdemoiselles Rochelle et Pauline Garcia. Yay, all right, see you. Nailed that. I have no idea if I pronounced that anywhere close to correctly. (laughs) Well, all of our French French listeners, please please correct Stephen if he's wrong on that. Yeah, now that's an Easter egg. Uh, Like, the, the. the random scrap of paper that he's drawing the map over. Of course, it has some, um, I, you know, relevance. I guarantee you, if you went back and actually read and, and translated that poem, that it it would it would definitely tie into this show in some way. That the, the attention to detail they put into this. Yeah. Well, let's see. Um, by the way, Stephen, if you really want to watch um, Doctor Giggles. It is not on Netflix or Hulu, but if you have Amazon Prime, it is available on Prime. Nice, nice. All right, <laughs> Dr. Giggles. <laughs> so I'm looking at the poem right now. So it says, on the beginnings of Miss Rachel and Pauline Garcia, um, it praises the naive and fresh approach to life in the arts of two young girls who just entered social life 
as opposed to that of old connoisseurs. So, that yeah. is, I don't know what that means, but maybe... I have no idea. <laughs> we probably should have done our due diligence and looked it up before the show. <laughs> All right, some, some listener, figure out the relevance of that and your theories. Is that about Locke? Is that about Rose and Bernard? Does that tie into, like, Jack and Locke and, like, the hatch? You know, figure it out and then let us know. <laughs> Absolutely. We need a well, French po. We need a French poem, um, you know, expert. specialist that that we can bring on bring onto the show. That's right. Well, you know, we hate to hit the road, but we have to hit the road because next week we're going to talk about two for the road. Two for the road. Um, it is a very. Um, it, it's a. Shocking episode. This was like viral before things were really going viral. Yeah, I mean, this you know you didn't really have spoiler zone here um, on 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 at this time of the year or at this this time in the life, and this is this is I'm trying to think of something that was like really shocking. That this before the red wedding. This was the most shocking uh, thing to happen on television, in my opinion. Okay. In my opinion. I can get. I'm just trying to think of something in the most recent history that's come out that everybody was just like blown away by, um, that nobody saw coming at all in movies. Maybe the um, maybe the season uh, finale of Mandalorian. I think this was even more shocking. That, that. Or maybe maybe when Captain America finally picks up Mjolnir in Avengers Endgame, like everybody just lost their minds. Like, oh my goodness, it finally happened, or we didn't think that was actually gonna ever gonna happen, and it just did. So I don't know. But this this was a shock episode. This is a good episode. Um we're obviously gonna have some in memoriams and <laughs> Even more into Hurley's love life, unfortunately. Um, we'll get into that later. Poor Hurley. He just can't he can't win for winning. Uh, but uh but that's next time here on Previous on Loss. So um, I don't really have much of anything else, guys. Do you all have anything else to uh, talk about this episode? No, that's it. I, I can't wait for this next one. This will be really fun to revisit. All so. right. Well, let's go put the black lava rocks down and go help build a church and uh, try to relax a little bit. It's life. (laughs) Sounds like a plan. (laughs) All right, guys. Until next time, we'll catch you here on Previously on Lost. If you need us, check us out in Discord. We'll see you after a while, guys. Peace out. Bye, guys. Have a good one.